1: There's a time and a place for black and white. Like when you're learning to play piano. Or when you want a big two-toned cookie. Or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white. So go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing. From banners to brochures and copies to presentations.
0: Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 10, 18 Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for D. Lock Talk Radio. Oh,
2: Mama, I'm in fear for
3: my life from the long
4: arm of the law. Got miles to go before we sleep. Lawman is putting into my running, and I'm so far from my. We will not go gently. Uh We will unleash hell here in December.
2: Oh, Mama, I can hear. Ryan, you're so scared and all alone.
3: Hey, somebody fix this guy's buckle. i hey, like play man, football. I'm
2: coming down from the gallows, and I don't have fairies.
1: Okay, I think this week, Renegade is the perfect song to describe the Pittsburgh Steelers with what we found out on Friday regarding Le'Veon Bell. Hey, howdy there, this is Brian Anthony Davis along with Zach Parnes, and welcome to Steeler's six-pack of fact or fiction for another week. As we're counting down a training camp, there's lots of things on the mind of Steeler Nation. We're going to throw out a six-pack of facts. And we will declare, whether they're fact or fiction, and you could, at the end of the show, you could call in and either agree or disagree with us on it. Zach, good evening to you, and welcome to Fact or Fiction once again.
5: Brian, thanks for having me once again. Um, I don't really know how else to say this other than we might as well just bleed this dry quick, because this this is going to hurt a lot, Brian. I, I really don't want to talk about this, but like we got to, <laughs> unfortunately. This is what's been thrown our way.
1: Well, you know what's funny, we we uh, had this uh, this show planned all week, and we had a big question regarding Le'Veon Bell sharing time with uh, D'Angelo Williams, because there were a lot of rumors about a two-man backfield, and now we're down to one again, and we had to scratch that completely on Friday, and you and I were texting back and forth laughing that, well, we've got to change this show. <laughs> <laughs>
5: But that's the nature of the business and that's the nature of this uh this entertainment, unfortunately, which this is this is definitely a tragedy. This is this is not yet something that I can get behind right away.
1: Well, you know what, we have talked all year, especially uh um all off season uh, editor Jeff Hartman of behind the still curtain kept on saying it has been a quiet off season and that's a good thing. Then right before training camp we get hit with this one. So this is on the mind of everybody, and that is definitely going to be our first fact or fiction of the night. But before we get to that, let's talk about the show. It's sponsored by Frank Walker Law. Frank Walker Law is the top criminal defense firm to call in Western Pennsylvania and West Virginia, and home to one of the nation's top 100 ranked trial attorneys in Frank Walker. For his PA office, call 412. 412- Two one two three eight seven eight, or to reach his West Virginia office, call 304-712-2089. You should also check out his website, frankwalkerlaw.com, to see how he can help you in your time of need. Frank Walker Law, real talk, real experience, real results, and we're going to make sure we get that number to Levy on Bell. show is also sponsored by Centerfield Smoke, the best and most unique Pittsburgh sports apparel provider, For Pittsburgh fans everywhere, visit them at www.centerfieldsmoke.com. Well, like we said, a lot of stuff to talk about this week. It is going to be a busy one tonight. And as always, if you want to call into the show, you can. But let's wait until the end of the six-pack, and we'll discuss all the facts and all the fiction uh, to you. But if you want to write this number down, you can join in by calling 347 850-8581. Eight five zero eight five eight one. Without further ado, let's crack open that six-pack. Zach, you ready to go? Let's do it.
5: I, I don't want to drink the first one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, the first one is, of course, you know it. It's Le'Veon Bell. And so we're going to throw out with a bold fact. And when something like this happens, you hear all kinds of opinions. And the first one you hear is... They need to cut them. They need to get rid of them. That's it. The Roonies are not going to stand for this. And you hear that right away. So, fact or fiction, Zach, the Steelers should start making plans to cut ties with Le'Veon Bell.
5: Oh, my God. What, just such a difficult question to leave the show off with. Um, to be completely honest, like this is a generational player. How often do we talk about trading a generational player? Did the Patriots ever have it in their minds when they were going to be trading Tom Brady, um, you know, other teams we have seen be dominant, dominant contenders because of one player. And Le'Veon Bell has that potential to really carry the Steelers to excellence. Now, it's not to say that the Steelers haven't found it before without him, but he definitely makes it a little bit easier to win games down the stretch. So when you have the number one wide receiver in football and the number one running back, it's very rarely done. Uh, I don't, I can't think of really one instance of where you had a wide receiver as talented as Antonio Brown paired with Le'Veon Bell. I really don't want to say that he shouldn't be there, but how much of a hypocrite can you be? Because you know if this was any other player, the Roonies wouldn't be standing for it. The Roonies wouldn't. If it was Antonio Brown, you know, or Ben Roethlisberger, those are the only other two I could think of who might get, that sort of look at them. But those guys haven't had the same attitude troubles that Bell has had. Now we're talking about four games from multiple missed tests. And that's the worst part is that these reports are just coming out now that it's been several times now. And that's even worse. I I really want to say fiction on this. I think I'm going to go with it just because I think he's so good. And I think – The offense is so minor. I mean, it's it's drug testing. In the grand scheme of things, is that worse than performance enhancers or the domestic violence type stuff? Like, I guess it's the lesser of all evils there in that sense in my mind. I'm going to go with fiction, Brian. Zach, I am going to go with fiction as well.
1: And I'm going to take it a little bit further. The guy's 24 years old. You mentioned that he's a once-in-a-generational player, and he is. And we've talked in the past couple of weeks, is he fragile? And we've agreed that he's not a fragile player. He's been getting hit hard, and he's been going out based on those hits. Now, the maturity issue is a big deal, and it's a huge deal when you miss these drug tests. I saw a joke online the other day that, oh, there's a good reason he missed, missed the test. He had some good weed to, weed to smoke. But uh, with, with all that being said, when you miss a test, that's a failed test. Now, I have had the privilege to actually meet a fella in, in uh, my line of work that is actually a drug tester for the NFL, the NBA. This fella has uh, he's tested LeBron James. He had tested Joe Flacco immediately after the Super Bowl when the Ravens won a, uh, won a couple years ago. He has tested everybody. And one of the things that he told me, and this was about two or three years ago when I talked to him, he said, Brian, If I show up to your house or show up where you are supposed to be, you have four hours to take that test, or it is a failed drug test. Now, I don't know. I know in the NFL they have got to have ways to get a hold of these players, so there's no excuse for missing that test whatsoever because if you're out of town, you report that you're out of town, and if they want to test you, they will find somebody in that area where you are at to come and test you. There is no excuse to miss the test. There is a maturity issue, maturity issue here that has got to be addressed. And why the organization has not had a babysitter on him and Martavis Bryant, I'm not completely sure. I'm not completely sure why that hasn't happened and if something like that isn't even already in place. Because a lot of blame right now is going on Mike Tomlin, and that could be another factor. Fiction is the organization have to blame on this, but we that's that's something for for another fact. But at this point right now, I don't think you cut ties with them. I think you take advantage of this situation. The best way to take advantage of this situation right now is you pull them in just like you pull in every other player and say, look, this is it. When Santana, Santonio Antonio Holmes was drafted and uh, got in a fight in Miami and disturbing the peace because he would not step onto a curb and stay off the street in Miami Beach, in South Beach. They pulled him in. He cut his dreadlocks, and he was straight for a couple years. And they said, look, this is not Steeler football. This is not the way that you are going to play, and you have got to fix it. But how do you take advantage of the situation? The guy is 24 and in a contract year. He – Put a rap lyric out that he wanted $15 million a year. He could kiss that goodbye. That's not going to happen. Right now, get him for Matt Forte money. Get him for $8 million a year. Tell him to sign for four years right now and monitor him. That is the way you could take advantage of the situation. I know there's some drawbacks to it, but why not? Keep the guy and build on him and try to save this guy's career and
5: also build your team around him but help fix him. What do you think? You know, honestly, I, I think that's almost kind of exploiting him. And, you know, there's a lot of different times in, you know, the conversation where we, we ask, and we are so skeptical as fans. We say, you know, we should be getting these guys for less because of the minor screw-ups that they've had along the way. Now, do I think that Le'Veon Bell earns less money because of this situation? Yes. Do I think he's $8 million a year, Matt Forte money? No way. This guy is, like we were saying, he knows that he is one of the most talented backs probably in Steeler history uh, right now. And obviously he just needs to pull that whole mental complex of his together and get out of these issues that he's having. That being said, I don't think that's the right reason to leverage him on the situation down that much. You've got to show support for him. You've got to show that this is the way that he needs to act and that he will act this way, and then he will get his money because then you know he's the best running back in the league. And I think that's more of a compromise on both sides. It gives the Rooneys a little bit of room to work with, and it gives Bell the trust and confidence that he wants in the organization, which I think is huge, especially in the National Football League today where we've got guys who are bouncing from organization to organization because they don't trust management. And that's unbelievable is the fact that you can be working for someone and not trust them. You know, Maybe it's not so far-fetched to the, the average American citizen, but it's certainly uh, kind of complex here in the small business of the, the National Football League. I don't know, Brian. I, I think at the end of the day, you've got to give him one more chance, but I agree. Sit him down, and it is one last chance. I agree with the
1: one last chance. I agree with helping the guy, like I said you might exploit him a little bit because he has earned that exploitation at this point. I know that's a harsh thing to say, but he has let them down. And you talk about earning trust, trusting the organization you work for. You need to trust your employee, too, and know that they are not going to let you down in critical moments. And it's about the team and the player. It's not about the fans. It's the team and the player. They need to, they need to get, get it straight. This is your last chance. But also, it is an opportunity to go ahead and sign them for a little bit less because that's what's going to happen right now. But if you show them, maybe not $8 million a year, but if you show him that, look, we are going to give you that chance, but you've got I mean, to be completely straight here, and it did cost you money. But you're going to have a chance in four years to earn a whole lot more if you could turn it around right now, and we as an organization will help you. So that's the best you can do, but if you don't exploit them at this point, you don't exploit the situation, then, then let them walk.
5: But, Brian, at the same time, like we're talking about a guy who's a halfback, you know, in this league. And, and like I was saying earlier, so often there's that debate between management and player personnel, and we're often hearing that, you know, the labor doesn't get enough money in the National Football League. And, and the bottom line is is that he's not going to be getting bigger money. He's not going to get a thank you contract. If he plays through these four years on slower money, he's going to take the big money from whatever team is willing to give it to him because the Steelers know by the time those four years are done, he's 28. He's in a completely different life cycle for himself as a halfback. And I think that's what's really going to set this whole thing apart. Let's not forget, though, in all of this in all of this negativity and whatnot, I mean, D'Angelo Williams is stepping into the spot, and he was phenomenal last year when he took over – on in the beginning of the season so I don't think it should be a you know call to, to arms right now in Steeler Nation but this is definitely something that needs some pondering and some thinking about uh, from the Rooney's perspective and also just from a fan perspective how we feel about the guy Well, you know what? I will
1: agree with that, and I will let up a little bit on that. Never have we agreed on the fact that the question was fiction, and had that much debate in between on it. (laughs) So that (laughs) makes for, you you know, it's going to be an interesting debate. Everybody, I mean, all of Steeler Nation is, I mean, they're up in arms, and they're tired of it. I I get it. I, I get it that you're tired of hearing about drug tests, but you know, it's just not the Steelers. It's everywhere and i would much rather hear this four game suspension and the news coming out of pittsburgh than the news coming out of dallas with the alleged news coming out of dallas with Ezekiel Elliott the the uh, fourth round pick in the draft for the dallas cowboys and the uh, and the abu- the, uh, the domestic abuse issue so i like and you said that at the beginning i would much rather be worried about that well, we are going to both agree on fiction on that, but there's going to be a lot of sidebars on that, a lot of debate. I'm sure we'll be discussing that so much later in the call. Let's go to number two now. This is a lot lighter, Zach. I think we could use a, a lot lighter question right now. So let's yeah. go to this. All Steelers draft picks in 2016 will make the final 53 roster At the end of camp, fact or
5: fiction? You know, it's it's really tough to call that one because we are talking about a lot of different guys. You know, we're talking about a lot of different talent, different positions uh, that are going to be headed towards this roster that you know kind of found itself banged up a lot last year, and you know, there's been some different moves as well. I, however, think that this one is going to be fiction, and I will tell you why. Um, I think it's going to be fiction. I think there's no question that guys like Artie Burns and Sean Davis are going to round, uh, round, rise to the occasion, um, and really go out there and strut their stuff and, and end up making this roster. I don't think there's a doubt. Uh, Javon Hargrave, obviously, is another talk about point. Uh, we had a question a few weeks ago about whether or not he would start. So I don't think there's a question that he will make it either. Neither. Uh, Gerald Hawkins is going to find himself in there with some playing time. Uh, Travis Feeney is the one guy that I have a little bit of concern about. I think, you know, he is a phenomenally athletic linebacker. But right now the Steelers are finding themselves in in sort of a battle um, between those later linebacking spots between guys – Uh, like Jarvis Jones, who they want to give that extra year to and whether or not he's going to develop or not is a completely different question in itself. But it would be interesting to see that. I think we're going to see a large number of these guys make the roster. Obviously it would be ridiculous for Burns and Davis to not. Uh, So we're definitely going to get some numbers, but I would not say all of them.
1: Well, once again, I am going to agree with you, that that is fiction also. A popular misconception in Steeler Nation is that all seven draft picks have got to make that final 53-man roster, or it's considered a disappointment. As much as we wish that to happen, there's quality off-season pickups, undrafted free agents, veterans vying to, vying to make that squad. Out of 90 players, 37 more don't make the team, and a majority of the practice squad will not even be in camp at St. Vincent. They're going to come from other squads. Last year... Ross Cockrell was, went to camp for the Buffalo Bills, he was a gift. It was great to have him show up at, and get cut in his second year and uh, end up in Pittsburgh, and uh, I think he's going to do great things here. But if it's, a ma- it's a major disappointment if your top picks like Artie Burns and Sam Davis don't make the squad, but if Travis Feeney or Dominic, Dominic Ayers or Tyler Medikiewicz, if they don't stick, it's not a major surprise. A guy like Matikavich has major fan appeal. He's, he's a tough, rugged, everyman player, the kind of guy that you'll want to see make that team. He feels like a stealer, but he's undersized, and he's got a lot of competition. So I could see him possibly making the the practice squad or possibly not making it at all, but I don't think he's going to make the 53-man roster. He might get the chance, but you never know. There's guys like Anthony Ciccolo. Had a half-decent rookie season last year. He was actually cut at the end of training camp. Did not make the 53-man roster, but ended up sticking at the end of the year. Um, Another guy. Jordan Zumwalt in his third year but has never really seen the field whatsoever because of injury situations. He's vying to make that squad. Um, it's doubtful that he has a chance, but there is a lot of traffic at that linebacker position. And uh, if these guys don't make it, it's not going to be that big of a surprise. So I'm going to say fiction. It would be great if it all happened. There's going to be some ending up in the, the practice squad. And like last year, there's going to be a guy like Gerard Holloman, that doesn't make the squad whatsoever. So we're going to agree once again on number two, on fiction. Really so quick though, Brian, it... I want
5: to throw really quick. I want to throw it back to Matta for a second because I really like the notion that he could be a stealer. I mean, this was a guy when you watched him in college, he was very explosive. I mean, he's a Bronco Nagurski Award winner. Um, And, you know, he just seemed to have that sort of up to it. The undersize has been a big question, but the bigger thing that a lot of people are saying about him is that he just doesn't make the tackles that are necessary. And on a team like the Steelers, especially if you're going to play an inside linebacker position, you you can't be missing tackles. I mean, this guy was 32 tackles. I mean, he missed 32 tackles in his last three seasons of play. You know, he's definitely had some opportunities. Uh, to really capitalize on moments and hasn't. So, yeah, I think we're going to have to agree. There's no way that all of them make it.
1: Let's go to number three. Let's keep it moving. And this is uh, one of my favorite players, but uh, CBS.com, CBS Sports came out this week saying that Lawrence Timmons is the most overrated stealer. Fact or fiction?
5: You know. I mean, how do you call a guy fully overrated, Uh, especially, you know, when we've got a lot of people who who really make impact? I go with fiction on that entirely. I think Timmons is one of the, you know, core veteran leaders there in that linebacking core with James Harrison uh, being another leader as well. I think when you take a look at who it could be if I had to pin down one person Listen, I'm, I'm always big on saying that Ramon Foster never really impressed me. He's been in Pittsburgh for a long time, and I don't feel that he's worth the talent uh, that some people say that he is. But that's just me personally. I guess that's kind of an obscure one. On the defensive end, I would probably say that the most obscure stealer or, or maybe overrated stealer, not necessarily obscure, um, without a doubt for me, is Vince Williams. I mean, this was a guy who, like, came into the backup position – and, you know, goes out there and, and plays a fair number of downs and and never really comes up big. I mean, we're talking about a guy who had 46 tackles all of last year on 200-plus plays. I mean, that's just how it goes. Uh, so I don't think it's Lawrence Simmons at all. Well, wow, Vince Williams.
1: I, uh, that one stunned me, even uh... – I was taken aback a little bit with Ramon Foster, but Vince Williams. Actually, I I was surprised that you said that, but uh, the, that was well thought out. Though I will I will agree with you on that. Um, I am going to go ahead and say fiction, but I can't come up with another one. So so maybe maybe it's true, but you look at the tackles. The guy had 119 tackles in 2015, um, only 13 down from 2014 and only seven down from the year before, and 13 more than 2012, and a whole bunch more than 2011. The guy is the unsung hero of that defense. He is keeping it down. When he's not in there, you feel it. And the guy's going into his 10th year as a Pittsburgh Steeler. And uh, I, I think, I always thought uh, Lawrence, was, the law dog, was an underrated player in Pittsburgh. But, that leads me to the question, and you came up with a couple. I can't even come up with one right now. The only one that I would come up close to saying would be on the offensive side, and I would actually say that the most overrated player would be Marquise Pouncey. But I know I would have a lot of debate on that.
5: Well, you know, given the injuries and the uh, the situations that he's had, I'm sure a lot of people would agree with you there. Um, you know, I said Ramon Foster because I just don't, I don't really see Foster – opening up, you know, the same sort of gaps that David DeCastro and Gilbert are on the right side. I mean, that's just me personally, though. Um, you know, the Steelers have seen production from both sides when they run the ball, but that's also because they have two extremely talented running backs. Um, but the offensive line really seems to be gelling, which is so funny because how many times in the, in the last couple of years, and I love to bring this up, have we said about the Steelers' weakest point was their offensive line, and now all of a sudden it's one of the league's best.
1: Yes. One man, Mike Munchak.
5: Ha-ha. <laughs> the Jack Knight. I will take that forever.
1: I will, I've will. i been singing that at the, in the hills about how important Mike Munchak is to that team.
5: Absolutely. And when a guy like yes.
1: Townsie went down last <laughs> year, they still – Play championship-caliber football. So that's oh, yeah. uh, that's what I have to back it up.
5: Yeah, you know, a guy, a guy who's found himself in, in multiple parts of the league, um, you know, and a former player himself drafted in the first round. I mean, Munchak just had the knowledge. Uh, it's kind of interesting that he never really worked out as, as a head coach down there in Tennessee uh, for a little while, which, was, which I thought was remarkable, but he did improve their offensive line considerably.
1: Well, you know what? Something interesting about that whole situation in Tennessee, he was not really fired. Um, His entire They wanted to fire his entire coaching staff. And he said, if they're going, I'm going, so you might as well get rid of me too. And uh, that might be a smokescreen, but that is the reason he was let go. It seemed that in uh, Tennessee that they were going to uh, uh, keep him there and uh, help build that team with him at the helm but they uh, wanted to go a whole new direction with your assistant coaches. And you know the loyalty that coaches have to their assistants. And I actually found that admirable for him to say, look, I will move on. And, in fact, I'll be so much more comfortable as a position coach, an offensive line coach, and that's exactly what he did.
5: Hey, it's a great career decision. It makes sense. Um, you know, it, it, it kind of almost scares you a little bit just because, the amount of success that he's had could warrant him another head coaching job, you know, down the road. Exactly. Seeing as we are in the, the league of perennial, you know, throw one guy to the curb, bring the other one in, especially if you're the Cleveland Browns right now, um, you know, we are seeing a, a constant influx of new head coaches to the league. And he could very easily become a top contender. Even to go back down to the college game and work in the college game, he would work extremely well, I think, uh, for a bunch of programs in the Big Ten and whatnot. So, it makes a lot of sense uh, that he could potentially jump ship, but let's enjoy him while we have him, right? Exactly. The funniest thing about that whole thing,
1: the whole point of the conversation started out with Lawrence Timmons and ended up with Mike Munchak. I don't even know how we got there. <laughs> <But> we, <laughs> that's what's that's so radio, great about that's the podcasting debate.
5: That's here, Brian. This is, this is the love of
1: it. <laughs> You've got to love it. We are at the halfway point of the six pack of factor fiction so we are going to go ahead and take a break and listen to this message from frank walker law smart or stupid those strobing lights in your rear view that flashlight shining in your face
5: license registration and insurance please
1: The little adventure you're about to have with this guy Uh,
5: i'll need you to step out of the vehicle please
1: okay so you've done something stupid Fix it with a smart move. For
5: DUI or criminal defense, call Frank Walker of FrankWalkerLaw.com. He knows his way around a courtroom. 412-532-6805, 412-532-6805, or FrankWalkerLaw.com.
1: Once again, Frank Walker Law, real talk, real experience, real results. The show is also sponsored by Centerfield Smoke, the best and most unique Pittsburgh sports apparel provider, For Pittsburgh fans everywhere, visit them at www.centerfieldsmoke.com. And as always, don't forget about BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. As camp is getting ready to open, you will get comprehensive Pittsburgh Steelers news, camp battles, everything you ever wanted. So make sure you check it out, not only daily, but by the hour, because there's always something new, especially with... Training Camp Confidential coming up just in a few days, so get ready for that. Well, Zach, we've had a lot of discussion for the first three, and there's no reason not to keep it going. So let's go on now with number four. Marcus Wheaton eclipses 1,000 receiving yards and six touchdowns in 2016.
5: Fact or fiction? Oh, you know, I, I really want to give him fact. I really do. Um, because I think he definitely has the potential to be a 1,000-yard receiver. I don't think there's any question in my mind about that. However, the reason I'm going to say fiction is I don't think he gets those six touchdowns. Um, You know, his size prevents him from getting up in the end zone and really making a lot of those plays. And we find the Steelers, you know, are very much a driving team. You know, this is not a team that's built on on really one play uh, from one guy most of the time, unless it's, you know, of course, Antonio Brown breaking into the open fielder taking a pump back for six or Le'Veon finding a nice little hole down the middle. I think that Marcus Wheaton's size is going to inhibit him from reaching six touchdowns this year, simply because I think the Steelers are going to be playing a lot more in the red zone than we think. Uh, But that's just my opinion, of course. But I, I do have to stick by it. I'm going to give him fiction, but I would love to give him the fact here. Well, I would like to actually disagree
1: with you, and I'm going to. I'm going to say fact. Even though you're going to have guys in the red zone like Ladarius Green taking a lot of opportunities away, this guy is stepping in for a huge offensive threat in the the likes of Martavis Bryant, who has gone for the entire year. If we were talking last season, I would say that you know this guy is he's worn out as welcome. But that's the beginning of last season because I kept on waiting for this guy to show up and show up, and he didn't until we got in November. And the second half of the season, he really started to show up and became a weapon for Ben Roethlisberger. It seemed like uh, Ben and Marcus um, seven to eleven just uh, began to gel at the end. And he, was, he came up valuable when uh, and he was looked at in a big way when Antonio Brown went down, too. I know that uh, Martavis Bryant stepped up in a big way in the playoffs. But uh, Marcus Wheaton was a key cog to that team and uh, very well respected towards the end of the season by Ben Roethlisberger. So I think he's going to get those 1,000 receiving yards, and I think he's going to get the six touchdowns. Also, The main reason I think it's going to happen, it's his contract year. And this is, in his walk year, he needs to show up. I could see this guy becoming like Emmanuel Sanders. And, in fact, I think he's more talented than Emmanuel Sanders as far as that goes. And I think that this guy is going to have a better season than Sanders did in his last year and get a big money contract. Unfortunately, I think it's going to be somewhere else. But I will say fact, Marcus Wheaton eclipses 1,000 receiving yards and six touchdowns in 2016. So think about him when you draft in your later rounds of that fantasy draft.
5: I'll tell you this, Brian, you know, it's tough for me to say that he might be more talented than Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, we're talking about a guy who is a pro bowler, um, you know, in Emmanuel Sanders and his last year in Pittsburgh, 740 yards and six touchdowns, which is just a little bit better than Marcus Wheaton. So I can see why you're drawing the comparison. But right now in Denver, this guy's been on a world of his own, and it's mainly been because uh, he is the go-to number two target. And I don't think he's the go-to number two target in Pittsburgh right now. Um, So I like the comparison. I don't think that it's going to match up 100%, though. I got to say Wheaton probably going to not get those six touchdowns. Well, I think Marcus Wheaton has much better hands than
1: Emmanuel Sanders, and uh, Emmanuel Sanders also benefited from playing with a guy like uh, he was. He really gelled with Peyton Manning, and I do not think that he's going to have that kind of production with any other quarterback right now. So, at that point, I am going to um, extend it and say that I think Wheaton has so much more talent. But that's for that's for another show too. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to number five. The Steelers sign a significant veteran defensive back between now and week two. And the reason I see week two is because there's always a potential to sign a guy in the first week of the season after the first game because you don't have to guarantee a contract at that point. So, fact or fiction?
5: You know, this is tough because – you got to take a look at who the remaining free agents are uh, to really make this case, and also you kind of just have to go on what the season says and, and does. Um, you know, we could potentially see a guy get cut who we really didn't think it was going to happen to, and that opportunity could arise. Uh, so for that reason, I say fact. I think the Steelers are always looking to bring in somebody, um, you know, with a lot of skill and a lot of talent under their belt. Let's take a look at, at one of the guys in particular, and he's been talked about Uh, a lot, mainly because he's in a different – a lot of different teams, um, you know, sort of mindsets of who they like to model their defensive back after, and that's a man like Antonio Cromartie. Listen, he's 32 years old right now, but, I mean, he hasn't missed starts ever. This is a guy, when he needs to play in a pinch, can do that 150%. Now, whether or not, you know, he finds himself in a Pittsburgh Steelers uniform is yet to be seen – but, you know, I think the Steelers are perfectly capable of bringing someone in like Cromartie. Um, you know, there's also a lot of talk about, you know, and I, and I hate to bring this guy up because there's so much shade surrounding him. But, but almost a guy with like Greg Hardy type talent who might be a little bit more controversial. I don't think the Steelers are going to make a move at Hardy, but somebody along his stature would make a lot of sense. I am going to go with fiction because I just
1: don't see it happening. Now, I agree with you that they could bring somebody in like they did with Ross Cockrell. But if I read the question again, the uh, fact again, sign a significant veteran defensive back. So I'm talking about one with pedigree, like a Cromartie, uh, somebody with a big name. But the guy I'm thinking about here that I think would be significant would be a guy like Dante Whitner, a safety, 31 years old, had a lot has a lot of talent, played on a bad Cleveland Browns team last year, but uh still healthy enough to play. Um he, he's he's a kind of guy that uh that uh is actually not a shady character, actually uh from what I understand, a pretty good character guy and a guy that could add some veteran leadership to that team. Um, so, something like a Will Allen did in the last couple of years. Uh, Will Allen's 34. I would not bring a guy. I would not see them bring a guy like that back in. I it mean, it's possible because they do uh, they do not throw away any numbers in their rolodex, and uh, they always remember a guy, especially somebody that knows the system. But I could see a player like Dante Whitner get a look if they could make some room and afford him. I think that would be a, a decent idea to go ahead and bring in for a young secondary secondary that needs some help.
5: You know, with Whitner, especially, I mean, this was a top, guy who was top-ten pick, you know, just uh, 10 years ago. And, and while he doesn't, you know, obviously for the defensive back position being 10 years old in the league, uh, can be a little bit tough to come by. But, but this is a guy who, who still went out last year and produced on a very high level. He had 81 tackles. So he certainly makes sense. Cromartie makes sense. It's just a question of whether or not the Steelers want to pull the trigger. Yes, and that's where,
1: where it goes. You're saying fact. That's why I'm saying fiction. I just don't think they're going to pull the trigger, and that's also why I'm not the general manager of the team, but I'd love to see them do it. I'd love to see them pull a guy like that in just to help out that secondary because I'm excited of what the future brings, but you need somebody to bridge that gap, and one of those guys would be
5: fantastic. Absolutely. Well, I'd uh, love to see Cromartie in the jersey and black and gold.
1: He's a he's a tough player. He's uh, plus the guy needs to play. He's got ten ten kids to feed.
2: You <laughs> gotta bring
1: him. Is that is that how many is it is it more than ten now? Because I remember I it was really close know. to ten when they did Hard Knocks I, a couple I, of years ago. I think it nine or ten. <laughs> I think the last the last I saw was ten. That's something we need to look up. But uh, wow, well, that guy's would, uh stud on the field and off. So <laughs> let's keep it going. Number six, the Steelers go for two, more than 50% of their scores, in 2016.
5: I go with fact on this one here, Brian. Uh, we've heard Ben Roethlisberger talk about it. He wants it to happen after every score. Every single Love one he wants them going two, and, and that, for me, is really what's amazing. Um, you know, and, and I think, personally, that that is going to happen. Like, we are going to see the Steelers go for a lot of two-point opportunities. Um, Obviously, I don't think there's anything against uh, the kicking position that they have there. But, you know, this is someone who who likes to be aggressive with the new rule change. uh, It makes more sense uh, for them to do it. So I think it's going to happen fast.
1: I'm going to uh, actually disagree and say fiction. I think they're going to go for it a lot, Uh, 50% is a heck of a lot um, showing that they went for it only 16% of the time last season, which uh, they were, they were fantastic by far the best in the league, did it the most in the league. Uh, just, I mean, they almost seemed automatic when they were going for two, two last year and they took advantage of that role when they found out that that was coming into play, they took so much time in practice in camp in minicamp working on the two-point conversion, and that was brilliant. I, I love the fact that they've done it. That's, why, that's a, one of the main reasons I love the ingenuity of the Pittsburgh Steelers and the fact that they were thinking ahead to do that, and it paid off last year. Now, I think you're going to see a lot of copycats this year, but I don't think anybody's going to surpass 50%, but if any team is going to do it, it will be our Pittsburgh Steelers. So uh, you're going to see fact. I'm going to say a weak fiction. I think they're going to try. I just don't think they're going to get the numbers to get 50%, but they're going to come awfully close. With that being It's going said, to be a lot
5: of tries, especially, especially when your quarterback wants to dictate that way that he wants to move his offense. I think you've got to listen to the guy, especially somebody like Roethlisberger who's coming off his best year of his career. By the way, Brian, going back to what we said earlier, Antonio Cromarti. 10 children, he also pays $336,000 in child support. The guy needs a job. <laughs> he Six figures needs of child job. support. And it's not even a low six figures, it's a middle six figures. <laughs> wow. Uh,
1: unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. I cannot, so we'll uh, I cannot even imagine the point. <laughs> well, that's the six-pack and uh, we have plenty of time and if you want to get involved, Um, Make sure you give us a call We have a couple on the line that we're going to go to right now But once again 347-850-8581 Is the number to call So make sure you get in Speaking of 347 We've got a caller on the line Holding and I know exactly who this is So we're going to go to the phones right now And we're going to go to Brooklyn And we're going to talk to Bryce Bryce are you there?
4: Yo, you got it right, man. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Good to hear oh, you, you my friend. Yeah, I, yo, you got my number saved in the in the in the Rolodex, man. I, I'm honored.
1: Well, we we know who you are now, and we're glad that you're a part of the show. So uh, we look forward to it. And uh, I right. know you know what you're talking about. I just wanna, I'm just hoping this week you actually agree with me on one because you haven't agreed <laughs> with me yet. You keep on
4: doing Zach's side of the ball. All right. Well, let's see. So a few of them. Um, is Timmons overrated? I'm gonna go fiction. I think Lawrence Timmons is underrated. Um, I agree. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, there you, go. there you go. I
4: think. Well, I, I didn't. I didn't hear your take on that when I came in a little later. Um, I just was reading the description, real quick. Lawrence Timmons, underrated player. Um, has been productive. I think playing the inside to the line of scrimmage, he's he's a really solid player. Uh, you know, they need to stop running him down the seam in coverage. I think he can do it in spurts, but not consistently. But playing underneath, running and hitting, he can still do that. And I think that guy's going to be productive for about two or three more years. Um, Marcus Wheaton is 1,000 um, yards, six touchdowns. I'm going to say fiction. I think he gets six touchdowns, but I don't think he gets 1,000 yards. I think he's, he's becoming very productive over the middle, finding seams and getting into the zones, particularly in the red zone. I think he'll, he's carved out a nice little niche for himself. Um, Do the Steelers signed a veteran D.B., I'm going to go Fiction. I think they like to stay in-house, even though I'd love to see Whitner. Um, I think they stay in-house. Look out for this name, Donald Washington. He's already an older free agent. Mm. And if he can come in and, and maybe spark something in camp, then they'll have that player that you would think they would sign. Steelers like to keep that stuff in-house. So I can see them, I can see them kind of kind of doing that. And what was the last one? I couldn't remember. The last, the last one fiction. was the
1: two-point conversion.
4: Oh, two-point conversion. I'm gonna say that is, it's a fact, but it's, I give it a weak fact though. Um, I more think than 50%. this offense, more than 50%. I'm not strongly held to that, but I think because the offense is so prolific and they have so many different weapons, look out for this. If the offensive line is showing that they're gonna run it in the red zone more and more effectively, I think they'll definitely hit that 50% number.
5: So you think they're going to do it not even through the air there, Bryce? You think they're going to get done on the ground inside that two-yard mark, giving it off to hopefully on after week four uh, and D'Angelo Williams, you know, in the first couple of weeks? You think they're actually going to go for
4: that? Here's here's the thing. I'll go even further. I'm not doing it on the strength of Le'Veon. I'm doing it on the strength of not only D'Angelo, but what I saw from Fitzgerald Toussaint, I think this guy is a guy I've shown wow. he can run the football. And so I think with all of these weapons, if the offensive line, one of the things I want this line to do better over the past two years, not consistent run blocking in the red zone enough. If they can be consistent run blocking and add that dimension, why not go for 250% of the time? Because you don't even have to worry about the puts. Line up, sidecar draw, or side call up. Side card up the middle, blow people off the ball, get the two points.
1: There is one guy you are going to miss this year when it comes to the two-point conversion. That's a guy like Will Johnson, who is uh, no longer on the team, who took a free agent deal. That's a guy who uh, was valuable in that that two-point conversion package, Mm -hmm. and uh, they will miss
4: him. But maybe you could look towards a guy like Roosevelt Nix,
1: too. Maybe.
4: Maybe. And, I mean, look – I think Haley's done an overall good job with the offense. Some of the play calling, he turns into zany Todd. But overall, I think one of the main things they've got to get better at is running the football in the red zone. And if they can do that, 50% on the two-point conversions, because why not?
1: Very good, very good. I love the way you think. You, You tackled five of the six. Bryce, but the big one was the one we opened the show with and the one that no one wants to talk about. Fact or fiction, Do the Steelers cut ties? Start talking about cutting ties
4: with Le'Veon Bell. Oh, man. I'm going to go even, even one further. Not only is it fiction, this team's not going to cut ties with Martavis Bryant either. And I'll tell oh. you why. Because there's no reason to. Um, really, look, you don't want the guys out smoking weed. It's selfish and they're going to have to pay the penalty. But what do you gain by cutting Lavion Bill other than you feel you're quote-unquote sending a message? Look, you have all the leverage. Let this guy come back. He's going to play. Get what you can out of him. If you don't want to extend him, then you don't extend him. And if you do want to, you have all the leverage to say, we'll give you a two-year contract. Three years at the so most. if You don't want to take it? We're not talking about cutting him this year. We're talking
1: about letting his contract expire, if I, could, if I could clear that up.
4: Oh, okay. No, no, no. Um, I'm going to say fact, but only if he still comes back and asks for big money. Oh,
5: Bryce, you're, um, you're changing it around here entirely. How, how can you say such a thing?
4: Yeah, if, if, well, look, if he's going to come back now and say I still want my highest, second highest paid running back or what have you, I think the team has leverage where they're not going to do that now. Only because they could say, well, look, we don't feel you're reliable for 16 games. You've disappointed us. Um, I think they'll use that as leverage to get a better deal. Um, well, so I think they'll let the contract expire.
5: With, both of you are going with the exploitation. I, I can't believe it. You know, this yeah. is, I, I always feel like this is the one thing that the Steelers have done, uh, you know, is, is cater. You know, towards players and kind of you know make these compromises because you know in the end of the day you know certain guys who aren't willing to take that compromise like Mike Wallace just end up walking, while you know right. you have certain players who end up staying with the team for multiple years. Listen, Ben Roethlisberger knew he was one of the greatest quarterbacks the Steelers had had since Terry Bradshaw, and he exploited that a little bit. But they were like, you know what? You've earned it. You've got yourself a great. Super Bowl win, under your belt, you're a young kid, and boom, he got the big money coming towards him right away, and it was well-preserved. Le'Veon Bell has done nothing other than miss a few games based on on suspension for such a silly thing, and you know, it's was kind of funny because I don't really recall another Steeler player, uh, you know, in recent memory, excluding Bryant, who's had some real big-time drug issues, and has been this talented. I don't think we've ever seen it.
4: Well, I mean, yeah. You know, it's funny you would bring that up because it's the drugs which, okay, he's missed the games, but it's also coupled with the injuries, I think, and the, and the devaluing of the running back position. I feel in this case Pittsburgh uses that to let the contract expire and play a little leverage game because maybe they're thinking, I don't know if another team's going to give this guy that type of yearly guaranteed money. Let's see. Now, that doesn't mean they won't bring him back. I think they play the leverage game. Also, we had another guy who, you know, uh, suspended four games, bad teammate, and his name was Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> and, you know, he was able to stick it out. He is a quarterback, but he played well. He got his money. He changed. So I think the, it's not that he's totally gone, but I think they'll let the contract expire. So I'll say fact on that. I hope we can all agree that this is just a big learning moment also
5: for Le'Veon Bell. I, I think, listen, we, 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 we've been talking all day about how he's a generational player, but he's so young. He's so young. And listen, well, you're supposed to make mistakes when you're young, and I don't want to say that that takes away any and all credibility from him. But at the same time, guy, you know, everybody forms a little bit differently. If this is his big vice, I, I don't have a problem with it. I, I really don't, because like I was saying earlier, I think the domestic violence thing is way worse. I think if you've got right. players who are out there cheating or, you know, manipulating the game or, or really doing something very strongly illegal, like in the case of Aaron Hernandez, absolutely those guys are not meant to be stealer players. But everyone goes through their own demons, and I think that drugs are just another one of them.
1: Well, yeah, I think we were also all agree that it is time to say, put up or shut up, this is it. Last chance. Yes. For
4: Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he needs to, he needs to come back. He needs to get, they need to get him help. Because um, if he does have an addiction, you know we, know, we don't know this guy personally. Maybe part of. Maybe it's a disease, could run in his family. I don't know. Get the guy help. Just like Mark Tavis Bryant. Like, get that guy some help. You know, see, see what you could do. Such a young player. Uh, people were talking about maybe they should cut Martavis. I'm like, they're never going to do that because there's no sense in it. Okay. Get the guy help. You've got a full year. This guy could come back, completely turn around, and he gets a long-term deal. So you've got all the leverage there as well. Um, so, yeah. But I could see the contract expiring. I could see that happening. So that's why I would go fact on that.
1: Well, great discussion tonight. Uh, Bryce, I appreciate it as always. We will talk to you next week. And I, I just want to drive up to Brooklyn and high-five you because uh, you went from Team Zach to Team Brian just, uh, just in about 10 minutes. So uh, <laughs> I had to so understand I, I, the question I, I a little better, you
4: know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, thanks, that's uh, funny. Uh,
1: Bryce, we will talk to you next week, buddy. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, buddy Zach. We've got another fellow on the line, and so we're going to go to the phone right now and see who we have on Six Pack of Factor Fiction. Who do we have on the line? Are you talking to me? Yeah. Oh yes.
4: <laughs>
2: this is Rich from Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, I've you're called a, in a
4: couple. You're times. a second-time caller guilty. too, right?
2: Yeah, I've I've called multiple times. Um and I guess I didn't I didn't call in until you were two thirds of the way through the show, so okay. I don't really know much about what you're what you're talking about. But I guess the one thing that rings a bell to me is uh, if we got both Le'Veon and uh, Bryant both with uh, apparently drug problems. I mean, is that as deep as it goes on the team, or is 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 it somewhat deeper than that?
5: I mean, as, as far as, as being a deep issue, I, I think maybe maturity is an issue with both of these guys. I think if you're looking at, at character flaws, uh, you know that could be something else. But that was my exact argument before, Rich, is that I was saying that if this is the worst thing that's happening, is it really all that bad? because if that's your deepest issue in the league where we've got you know leagues with with people who are beating their spouses we have we have people in this league who are you know doing a lot of illegal drug dealing and not just using uh you know and and a lot of other people who are finding themselves in things much worse, as I said with Hernandez earlier, and, you know, everybody loves to bring up the, uh, you know, the controversies that have surrounded guys like Dante Stallworth or Ray Lewis, uh, not to just pick on a few Ravens there, but I I will say this, Rich, I think that if it is that, if that is the only thing, there's still room for correction, but I agree with you, it it, it doesn't seem that deep at all.
2: Okay, so... Well, actually...
5: Well Bumper. as far as we know
2: it's uh, marijuana
1: that these guys were into, is that correct? Yes. That's as far as we know. And okay. as far as marijuana goes, you can go back a couple years when you had a guy like Ryan Clark come out and say, Hey, it's uh it's prevalent in every locker room. And when he said prevalent, guys are doing it left and right. And uh he was a Pittsburgh Steeler at the time when he said that. And so that leads me to believe that that it's happening, that marijuana use is happening everywhere all throughout the league. But the problem that we're having in Pittsburgh is the fact that we have the maturity issue of not knowing when to stop, not knowing when to take care of business. And face it, these guys know they're getting tested. A guy like Bell, a second-time offender, a guy like Bryant, a a multi-time offender, knows that they're going to get tested and if they're doing it and saying, okay, I'll just skip the test, it's not going to work. You can't do it because, like I said at the beginning of the show, you must have you probably missed it. But I had a drug tester tell me, if you do not take my test in four hours, by the time I come to your door or get a hold of you and and show up with the test, it is a failed test. So at this point, these guys know they're getting tested. And they're still trying to skate by it. And if you're not taking a test, you're covering something up and hoping. And you can't hope because they're going to catch up with you. And that's the problem that I I think the bigger problem is maturity and trying trying to skate past that. And that's what we're having here. And can you trust your franchise with guys like this? Like I said at the beginning, I don't want to cut ties with either one of them. But the question was, are they going to start talking about letting these contracts expire? That's, that's what we're talking about. But it's a problem, and it's happening everywhere. But we just happen to have the guys that are skipping tests, and that's a big problem. Well,
2: how long does that stuff stay in your system?
5: it's It's about thirty days as far as the first time after ingestion, but you have to remember these guys are state are in state of the art medical groups i mean they have drinks that they, these people can take to to pass tests if they are in you know some sort of dire need so this is something that somebody can take as an alternative, but at the same time like we're we're seeing like Brian was saying, this is just an issue of not being no of not knowing when to stop and take care of the business because if if guys listen there's no doubt I think if you were in any locker room that at least one player in there is using marijuana uh, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that it goes on in a majority, if not all of the locker rooms, but I will tell you right now there is a way for them to contain it, and now he's just being ridiculous he's he's acting extremely poorly. And, and, you know, this is the same way that athletes in, with NCAA violations that have as well, you know, the college background is telling you when these tests will happen for the most part, unless they are, you know, a random drug test. But even then you get a few days notice to prepare. These guys are getting four hours notice. And they're also, you know, succumbing to this multiple times a month. And especially for a guy like Le'Veon, you know, you're going to get tested. It's just going to happen.
2: It's, it's hard to imagine somebody just has got that big a weight around their neck. That, uh, they'll burn up, you know, million-dollar jobs. Uh, and that's just personal opinion.
1: Well, thank you. We, hey, we appreciate you calling in, and we look forward to hearing from you again next week. So uh, thanks again, and we'll talk to you next week.
2: Okay, take care, guys.
1: All right, buddy. Well, I tell you what, we have, we have had some lengthy discussion tonight, Zach. I tell you, I, uh, a lot on Le'Veon Bell. Um, that pretty much dominated the conversation, and uh, it's, it's a shame that it had to because we had a nice quiet off season going, just going about yep. business, uh, and then this happens. But something that uh, nature the beast, it's going to happen, and this is not going to be the last time. And um, hopefully it's Going to be the last time for a little while, but it's not going to be the last time. But like we did say before, I would much rather have this be the topic of the conversation than what Dallas is talking about right now. And with a guy like uh, Ezekiel Elliott, a rookie coming in, um, fourth round draft pick, and the uh, d- domestic abuse issues uh, allegedly, or uh, and you, like you mentioned, an Aaron Hernandez. Gosh, I would never want to have a situation like that. Um, so. You know, if this is the worst thing that's going to happen, the Steelers have it in place to weather this storm with a guy like D'Angelo Williams. They have Antonio Brown. They have, of course, who I think is going to be have an MVP caliber season in Ben Roethlisberger, and they have a smart front office and a smart head coach. So I think they could weather that storm. And that is going to, since we're running out of time, that is going to be my abbreviated last fact of the night.
4: You know, Brian,
5: I'll throw throw an abbreviated fast fact out there. This is for a lot of people saying, and we'll stick with Bell. uh, My final fact is, fact, Le'Veon Bell is going to serve four-game suspension. It's going to happen. We're going to have to deal with it. Um, There's no way he's getting out of this. There's no appeal process to this. You know, I've been reading all these conspiracists out there just saying, like, oh, my God, like, there's still a chance he could get it. No, get that out of your mind. He's going to serve four games. It's going to suck. But guess what? D'Angelo Williams is a perfectly capable secondary running back who now could probably start on a good 10 to 15 teams in the league. I think he's going to find himself uh, in this position uh, for greatness, and I think he's going to excel. But he will serve four games in Spencer. That's my final fact.
1: And I agree with you completely. Well, we have had a great
5: night of discussion.
1: Uh, wish it was a whole lot more lighter, but it could be a whole lot worse. So with that being being said, we are going to wrap up uh, Pittsburgh Steelers Fact or Fiction for another week. And we ask you once again to join us next week as we go ahead and do it all again as we get ready for the start of training camp. Once again, be sure to check out Behind the Steel Curtain for all of your Pittsburgh Steelers news, commentaries, any breaking news. It's all right there. So once again, www www.behindthestailcurtain.com. Make sure you check it out. Plenty of great articles and especially Training Camp Confidential is coming up. It is going to be full of fantastic articles. I've already seen the queue and it's looking fantastic because you're going to have a lot to read. So enjoy and have fun. Zach, thanks once again. And remember, the show is brought to you by Frank Walker Law, the top criminal defense firm to call in western Pennsylvania and West Virginia, and Centerfield Smoke, the best and most unique Pittsburgh sports apparel provider for Pittsburgh fans everywhere. Zach, I hope you have a fantastic week. I hope it's not as muggy as it is in, on the East Coast as it is out there on the West Coast where you're at, and be safe, my friend.
5: Thank you very much, Brian, and I'll let you know right now it's 85 degrees and sunny.
1: i love it i think uh you might see me at your door in another 24 hours because uh this mugginess is uh is knocking me out
5: (laughs) (laughs) wishing the best for the east coast thanks for listening everybody
1: all right thank you that is a fact jack thank you and good night
0: Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time.
0: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW proof. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
5: 18 plus.